Spotify. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. I just uh, began yesterday on Ephesians chapter 3. And I want to tell you, Paul is affirming his faith on verse 4. And he says, whereby you read, you may understand my knowledge. He is concerned about sharing with you the power of the mystery. And of course, on verse 6, the mystery that Paul is referring to has to do with uh, the Gentiles, people like you and I, are fellow heirs. In those days, it's all about the Jew. But Paul introduces this unbelievable concept that anyone from any nation throughout the world, anyone can come to the cross, receive eternal life by being a fellow heir, Gentiles and, and, uh, and the Jewish. And then it says, of the same body. Now, that's just a little stretch. You're telling me the Africans can be in the same body of Christ as white Americans. Yes, it is. This is, you probably say, Rick, but it's not happening in society today. But Paul introduces the concept that color skin has nothing to do with eternity and the rights of eternity. It, God says that uh, uh, for God so loved the world, not just Americans, not just Brazilians, but the world. And you have to understand the gospel in this context. Because if you don't understand the gospel in this context, you have a serious problem with the cross. See, the cross is open to those who accept this. And so he says, again, partakers of his promise. Number one, fellow heirs. Number two, the same body. Number three, partakers of his promises. Of course, <laughs> how can you be a Christian without the promises of God? How can you be free without the promises of God? You have to have it. It is something very important. And so, in, in my opinion, uh, 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 this is the Magna Carta of grace. Ephesians chapter 3 is, is, is an unbelievable scripture that simply says that uh, the mystery of all ages is sum, uh, summarized in three points. Number one, fellow heirs, number two, the same body, number three, his promises. And then he goes, he says, wherefore, whereof I was made minister. It is a revelation only given to Paul. And then to the other apostles. But Paul was the first one to hear this. If you go into Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, he says, I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not of man. For I neither receive it of man, neither I will start it, but, but revelation of Jesus Christ. Meaning, the Lord Jesus revealed to Paul to begin with. It's important. I, you probably say, Rick, but that's just a little bit of a, 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 a pride. Not really. You're talking about a man who persecuted the Christians and killed thousands, put them to jail. And suddenly he's saying, I received something. So when you receive something, when you are partaker of something special, you want to say it. 
And you want to confess it. And you want to prophesy. You want to tell it. And, and people that don't tell it, don't prophesy, uh, become bored. It's an empty, a void in your heart when you can't speak of it. One of the most powerful things I've experienced is to be under this call. And I'll tell you, I paid a dear price to do this. A dear price. Not only from family, but also from other men and women who, uh, who uh, persecute me. But I count it as a privilege to be a partaker, a fellow heir of this call to share Christ with you. And so, so there comes verse 7. Uh, and it says, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace given to me. And yesterday I told you that verse 2, it says, which is given. And, and number 7, it says, uh, given to me, of course, and, 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 uh, and again, uh, uh, on verse 7, in verse 8, in this grace given to me. So Paul is talking about this mystery. Now let's go on now and continue on these verses. And uh, I'd like to sort of take you to verse 7. Verse 8. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints. Why did Paul bring something of that order? Because Paul is a very humble man. You know, it, it's very difficult to have an anointing of God and be humble. But if you win that battle, you're going to be blessed abundantly. And so, I am less than the least of all saints in this grace given. Less, well, less than the least of all saints. Paul is being humble here. He's simply saying, it's only possible to be humble if you understand the mystery. What is the mystery? That all human beings are fellow heirs, that all human beings are part of the same body, that all human beings are, in fact, uh, receive the promises of God. And so I'm saying to you that Paul is humble because he understood that. Now, if Paul understood that, then you know that you, talk, you can't be proud here. Because pride comes before the fall. And you can't be proud. You're proud when you rise above the knowledge of God. You're proud when you think you can do it by yourself. You're proud when you reject the call and begin to do whatever you feel like you like to do. See, the call is really important. And Paul is under this call. And suffering is part of the call. So, in verse 9, he continues. He says, And to make all men see, all men see, and to make all men see. Now, how important is this call? You know, you're talking about now, the year 64. Paul is writing the letter to the Ephesians, one of the seven churches of Revelations. By the way, in 2023, we are planning a trip to, to, uh, to Turkey, uh, flying from Atlanta to Istanbul, and then begin with Ephesus and visit all the seven churches of Revelations. It's going to be a powerful trip. I hope that you'll be able to join us on that historical trip uh, that's going to take place. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Now the word here, 
fellowship. It's a very important word. It's called kanonia. Meaning that the mystery is not something you get it and you hold it. Something you understand and it becomes a private thing. He says all men must see the fellowship of the mystery. So the only way to get into the mystery is to be in fellowship. Very difficult not to be in fellowship with others. So when you isolate yourself, when you lock your door, and you become a part of community as a whole, uh, then Satan begins to work with your mind. And your, the mystery becomes baffled. And condemnation comes in. And so, verse 9 is a very important verse. It says, Which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God. So let me ask you a question. Uh, are you hiding from God today? Are you hiding from fellowship with others? Because if you do that, you're going to miss a mystery. But when you come into fellowship with others, then the cross becomes essential to you. And all men may see through you and through the life of who you are and the life of others who you are all about. Notice that he's talking about all men. Now, what is what is all men has to do with this? Well, go, I told you yesterday when I came to this chapter, chapter 2, I told you that at Pentecost there were people from dwellers in the Medes, the Parsons, the Elamites, uh, 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 people in the Mesopotamia area, uh, Libya, Cyrene, Egypt, Crete, Arabs, all of them were people that were part of all men. This word all in and to make all men see. Now the word to make is to convict, is to confront, is to be on your face, is to move forward and make all men see. So Paul used to go around and arguing with <laughs> the churches uh, uh, in, uh, in, in, in Frisia and Galatia, arguing. I mean, he's talking about getting involved. What are you talking about? Isaiah spoke about the Son of God coming. And in the, in the, when you read Isaiah 61, it's Paul's favorite verse to confront every single one people that he met. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has set me set to bring binding the broken heart to proclaim liberty of the captives and opening of the prison of them who are bound. This is what Paul, Jesus said uh, uh, as he came to Galilee speaking in the synagogue in Capernaum. And so, all men see, and to make all men see is, is saying to, to you that uh, you don't really have to wait upon anybody else, but you, you argue, you stand. It's a wonderful thing to do that. It's a wonderful thing. And I hope that you'll be able to give me the privilege of arguing my point and be able to, I don't want to offend you. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to impose upon you. But I have to tell you. I have to say to you that uh, I, I've been called to make all men see 
the fellowship of the mystery. Meaning, you come into fellowship with a Christian, and in the fellowship of the Christian, you begin to receive healing. Which from the beginning was in the heart of God. And so I hope that you're beginning to realize. And then it says, who created all things by Christ Jesus. Now, God the Father officiates. God the Son orchestrates. God the Holy Spirit executes. One more time. God the Father officiates. God the Son orchestrates. God the Holy Spirit executes. And that is the concept that I'm referring to you today. When, when you allow God to officiate, the Son of God orchestrates. He puts it together like, like an orchestra with violins and, and tubas and drums and cymbals and trumpets and piano and guitars and oboe and all kinds of instruments. God just orchestrates. Jesus is the, the, the maestro of eternity. He orchestrates in your life and begins to bring you to His peace. And of course, the Holy Spirit is the one who executes. Isn't that beautiful? That's a wonderful thing. Now, verse 10 gets a little deeper now. It gets a little tougher. It says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places. So let's take a look at this. Because this verse can be interpreted in all kinds of ways. But let's take a look in verse 10. Okay? Verse 10. It says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers. So through the church, the manifold wisdom of God begins now to be affirmed in heaven. In other words, when you begin to understand the fellowship of believers, you understand the intent of making all men see. And you begin to understand this mystery hidden in God created, all who created all things by Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty. Then you begin to be confirmed. You begin to be in, encouraged. You begin to be assured. You begin to be a, a vessel of honor that understands that what you're talking about is being hidden in the heart of God for eternity. Ages to come, this has been in the heart of God. You know, Jesus was in the heart of God all eternity. And the purpose of Jesus was to come to earth and die on the cross, offer a sacrifice of Himself to humanity, and say to them, uh, if you confess me before men, I'll confess me before my Father who is in heaven. If you deny before men, I'll deny you before my Father who is in heaven. And when you confess Jesus Christ publicly, you are now be able to be used by God. And so, to the intent that now all principalities and powers in heavenly places. Now, I'm not talking about demonology or demons here or fallen angels. I'm talking about... Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about seraphims and cherubims. I'm talking about archangels and angels of God. I'm talking about heavenly places in eternity. I'm talking about an assembly of the 24 elders. I'm talking about the greatness, the love, the power, the essence of the throne of God. I'm talking about the coals in the altar of God for the sins of men. I'm talking about the God Almighty sitting on the throne in heavenly places. All of that put together... All of that symbolizes that is they begin to hear 
what you are trying to say to men and to make all men see. And when you make all men see, the Word, the power, the principalities in heaven might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. So let's take a look. When you begin to make all men see, and you enjoy the fellowship of the mystery of the cross, which, it, which does three things. Let's put it together again, because I want you to remember this. Does three things. This fellowship of the mystery does three things. It makes your fellow heir. It puts you in a body. People don't like to go to church. They think they can have church do anything they want. But the fellowship of believers in church is necessary. And in third, uh, according to verse 6, you will partake of all the promises. When you begin to practice that, okay, the principalities and powers in heaven begin to be known by the church and the earth in the wisdom of God. In other words, <laughs> you know, in other words, when you begin to preach the gospel, like I'm doing right now, this word is going into heaven. And the archangel will say, Oh, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Oh, my God. And that power comes down to earth. And as it approaches the earth, it comes to the church. And the manifold, powerful, anointed presents the church proclaiming to the angels' hosts a part of the wisdom of God not previously known to the angels. In other words, when you preach the Word of God, when you preach the power of God, when you preach the power of the Holy Spirit, when you preach the boldness of the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ, angels stand in attention in heaven and begin to, Hosanna, hallelujah, praise God, Hosanna, glory. I know I'm being a little theatrical here. But it gets to my heart because my heart is convinced that as I preach the Word, the angels confirm it. As I preach the Word of the cross, the, word, the angels glorify God and the principalities and powers involve the most powerful angels. You're talking, you're talking an archangel, Gabriel, standing and bowing down. Oh God, I praise you God. I give you glory God. Oh, eternal God. Oh, heavenly Father. Oh, mighty God. In other words, you preaching the cross, you preaching Calvary, you preaching the mystery will make an archangel glorify God right in the May same moment. So when you look to heaven, it's a busy place. You're talking about millions of angels and archangels <laughs> glorifying God and giving glory to God. Let me ask you this. Do you know the mystery in your heart? Are you able to assimilate the mystery? Because you see, you've been alone, been by yourself. You've been isolated. As if somehow you are condemned, put down, harassed. And let me tell you this. It's impossible to be healed in isolation. It's impossible to be healed hiding. You haven't been built to be hiding. You've been built to be in community in proclaiming the promises of God in receiving in the same body and be blessed and be a fellow heir of Christ. 
This is not something that you, uh, you do now and then. You do every single day. And so, the manifold the wisdom of God to the church, it says, might be known by the church. I love that. Might be known by the church. What do you mean, might be known by the church? When, a, when an archangel yells and screams in heaven, the church should know. When an angel glorifies God in heaven, the church should know. When an angel proclaims the name of Jesus, Yahshua, the glory of God, the church should know. And the problem is that somehow we're involved in a program to raise funds to do this, involved in to do something else, involved in to do something else, and before too long the church don't receive that revelation. The church don't partake of that and becomes a social church who is now involved in politics and so on and so forth. The church of Jesus Christ is a church that lives under the manifold wisdom of God. Not a political church who tries to somehow come up with how to deal with the sins of the people. Christ already dealt to it. Without the cross, there's no sin forgiven. Without the cross, there's no redemption. Without the cross, there's no forgiveness. Without the cross, there's no life. Without the cross, there's condemnation. Without the cross, is finger pointed. Without the cross, is death personified coming upon your life. And so, what Paul is saying here, very much so, is that he says, I received a revelation of the mystery, the grace of God given to me, given to me, given to me three times. And I'm proud that I can say to you that, uh, that I understand it. Now, I want you to understand it because when you understand it, this grace that is given to you, the mystery is made known to all men. Now, let's go to, I hope you're getting something from this today. Let's go to verse 11. I'm talking about Ephesians chapter 3, verse 11. It says, according to the eternal purpose. You see, God in Jesus in heaven on a good afternoon said to them and to the angels and to the Holy Spirit, as you hung on the cross and you say it is all finished. Man found a way to eternity through Christ. And as the church begins to glorify me, as the church begins to understand the mystery of the cross, principalities and powers in heavenly places will glorify God will say hallelujah, will jump and shout for joy and communicate to His body, the church on earth, the manifold. In other words, wisdom comes directly from heaven. And you can activate wisdom from heaven coming to the earth by receiving the grace of God. The grace of God is not something that you sort of... a, a, a <coughs> apply to your life only. You know, I have the grace of God. He forgives my sins. Thank you. No, no, not really. The grace of God is a most powerful mystery that travels from the heart of a believer into eternity, confirmed by principalities and powers, and suddenly it begins to come forth 
into your life through the wisdom of God given and confirmed by you by powers and principalities in heavenly places. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? Isn't that wonderful? Don't you know that uh, that's how a Christian is supposed to live? And so, according to verse 11, it says, according to the eternal purpose. In other words, all of this is already set up before the foundations. There was no earth. There was no Noah. There was no earth, no water. There's nothing. There's vacuum. But in the throne of heaven, that was what God knew. He understood. And He's now trying to relate to human beings throughout the earth by a single letter of a holy man of God, Paul, the Apostle Paul from Tarsus. According to the eternal purpose, which He purposed in Christ Jesus. God had formed a plan which in eternal, in reference to the salvation of men, a plan is centered on the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross. In other words, <coughs> the plan was, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, for whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Why do I believe so much? It's because through Him, my sins are forgiven. And I'll tell you, i got so many. Through Him, I'm redeemed by Christ. I don't live in the past. I don't make decisions about my life related to what has happened. I make decisions in my life to what's going to happen because I'm under the grace of God. If I'm not under the grace of God, the past condemn me. The past rules. The past wins. But if I am... And under the grace of God, the future is mine. The blessings of God is mine. And the promises of God is mine. Which way, which place are you in? Look at me. Which place are you in? Are you in the past or the present? Or the future? And so, according to verse 11, and I have five minutes to finish this, and I have so much over here. Uh, I want to I want to go to uh, verse twelve, which is our last verse. In whom we have boldness. Why do I have boldness in my life? Because I am a fellow heir. Because I'm of the same body. Because I am in the right to receive His promises. That is why. I have bonus in Christ because His promises are mine. Because I belong to the body of Christ in this earth. And number two, I am a fellow heir of all that God has done and will do in my life. And also, I belong to the God and to Jesus that is operating in the future of my life. I don't look back. I don't know what's there. I don't refer to it. I want to what God is going to do next. And so, in whom we have boldness. Number two, in access. What do you mean? Well, the only way we can get access to the throne of God is through Jesus. You probably say, Rick, but I can't access the throne of God. I'm just a Christian here in the earth, and I don't have the right to do this. My God Almighty! When you proclaim the gospel to others, 
the angels of God confirm and send wisdom to the church on earth. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. You are His children. And you're supposed to say, I have access to the throne of God. And then it says, with confidence by faith in Him. <laughs> you have to have confidence. And I say, Amen. Listen, I want to tell you this morning, with all sincerity, pray for me. I'm experiencing one of the most difficult times in my whole life. Pray for Rick Bonfim. I am, in, I am not able to sleep. I'm, I'm battling something very powerful that's coming to hurt my life and destroy my life. And I ask you to pray for me as I go through this time in my life. Please, those of you who know me, I want to make sure that I continue to have access to the throne of God. I want to make sure that I'll be able to serve the Lord all the days of my life. I want to make sure that I'll be able to be a fellow heir of Christ. To whereas I proclaim this merciful gospel, the principalities and powers in heavenly places will confirm in the manifold wisdom of God will come to me who I, who I, I am the, the part of the church. And so I say to you, the Lord bless you today. Real good, in Jesus' name, amen. Senhor, eu vejo o mundo triste, atribulado pela ação de Satanás. Clamando no escuro, correndo e para trás e eu o vejo de coração 